Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shireko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shireko. Welcome. I'm Susan Shireko. We're going to be talking about money today, because when I think of disasters, I feel financial pain. Um, Although the physical devastation of our landslide was shocking at the time, it was the financial aftermath that we had to overturn or overcome in order to get back on our feet, and that was the most troublesome aspect of everything we had to do. Money is so powerful. When our cash flow is disrupted or when it doesn't exist at all or when we lose things, we feel the pain. Uh, So you may be taking precautions in order to be prepared for the next unexpected life experience you're going to have. You may have a rendezvous point. You may have packed your to-go bag. You may have stocked up on the the staples that you need to have at home in case you can't get to the store. Uh, Or maybe if you've already had the disaster, you may be wishing you had done those things. But just as important and often frequently overlooked, is the question of how you're going to restore your financial house once a disaster has struck. So I can look back on my disaster with 2020 hindsight and emphasize the need to plan ahead to minimize the disruption and recovery time it's going to take you to get your life back together. But I think what we're going to talk about today will help you even if you are in the process of doing that right now. Um, So I'm very pleased to have here with us today uh, Jeanette Pavini, who is a consumer and investigative reporter specializing in saving money. And you may be familiar with her because she's done um, a consumer show called The Real Deal. She's appeared as a guest on the Today Show and USA's Today Video Networks. I get to work with her regularly because she's a member of the family on the Hallmark Channel's Home and Family Show where I work. And as I look at her bio, she's a columnist, an author. She, her writing is, emphasizes protecting consumers and helping them save money to, in order to create a much better lifestyle. She's the na- national spokesperson for coupons.com and a producer and a documentarian in her own right. So please wave your hands to welcome Jeanette Pavini. <laughs> Wow, thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. I appreciate that, Susan, and it's really, I'm happy to be here. Great. We're so glad to have you. Um, we're going to be helping people through uh, the pain of financial problems today. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking yesterday when we were anticipating this call, and I got a little insight into your passion for cash and savings. You were telling me about how you're writing a new book and the role your father played as your inspiration. Could you share a little bit about that? Yes. You know, I think, well, my father is uh, Italian-American, first generation here, and he's 91. And I I have, as you mentioned in in the introduction, I mean, the last 20 years, I've pretty much dedicated my life to trying to help people figure out smart, simple ways to save money. And You know, I really realize that so much of the advice that I'm giving to people today is based on the same advice and the example I saw from my father when I was growing up in the, you know, 60s and 70s. And, you know, my 
my dad is is really my role model um and i wanted to take a lot of the tips that i've learned from doing you know something like i think by now it's like 12,000 news stories um and put it into a book and and try to tell people a like there's a better way to save. Like we all know the, the standard ways to save, but usually there's two or three little hidden nuggets that, um, that allow us to save even more. And most people don't you know, know about those things. So what I've tried to do is put that you know, down into, in, into this book. And what's interesting is when I was writing these things, I thought, wait a minute, this is kind of what my dad told me, but it was just in that generation. And so it, I'm starting to, to formulate this to combine what his advice was, humorous stories of how I learned these life lessons growing up with him, and then making it applicable to, to today's generation. But really, I think that generation of the Depression and the war, you know, they really knew the value of every penny. And, um, you know, I, I really did. I learned so much from my dad's frugal, savvy, smart ways. And I think that's a lovely story. I want to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, I was thinking about what I went through after we had our, our landslide. And and money was about everything. It was about, you know, preserving what we had or what we were able to rescue. It was about getting cash flow and keeping that going. It was about finding resources to help us and figuring out how to pay for all the unexpected expenses and sometimes doubled expenses that came up. And mm-hmm. and then and out of all of that, still be able to for you know move forward and rebuild. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty overwhelming, and I had a pit in my stomach most of the time. Oh yeah. So when I talked yesterday with you, what came I came away with this concept of of savings and cash, and that your dad's philosophy versus what our philosophy is today, um, that that and it all seems to apply somehow whether you're in the middle of a disaster or or you're just preparing for one because it's somehow our relationship to cash money uh that we need to get correct in order to make all of these things happen. Mhm. Can you share your thoughts on that? Yeah, I you know it's interesting. Um my very first column that I ever wrote for Market Watch, we went you know to launch the column we were thinking, okay, what? every story's been done out there, so what are we going to do? And we were thinking about it, and my editor said, you know, maybe let's talk about how we don't have a relationship with cash these days. And I myself, you know, am guilty of it too, right? We, we put parking meters, cups of coffee on our credit cards, right? Because no one carries cash anymore, myself included. And I thought, okay, this is really, this is a brilliant topic because this generation – we we do rely on plastic, and it was interesting. When I was doing my research for this story, I found a study done by MIT where there's actually a pain associated with turning over cash as opposed to turning over plastic. And that people, that's part of the problem of why we're in debt today is because we don't pay with cash. We just don't. And and it's I know myself, if I'm shopping, and I, even grocery shopping, I just put things in the cart or, you know, I'm not as conscious as if I had $100 cash to go grocery shopping for the week, right? I would say, okay, I have to prioritize. I have to stretch that $100. I have to use coupons. I have to shop with what's on sale. I have to make that $100 work. But because I don't have that relationship with the cash, I'm not holding in my hand and turning it over, the pain of turning over uh, my cash, 
I'm more unconscious. And so I found that study fascinating, and it really supported this article. But in this article, I interviewed my father, and I talked to him because that is the one thing my dad did have was a relationship with cash. But what's interesting, Susan, is he never had much cash. And yet he's retired, owns uh, his home in the Bay Area, has money in the bank, is debt-free because he only used cash. And he never made a, a lot of money. He had seven mouths to feed, but he lived by this envelope system. That's how I grew up. It was like, you know, here's the food, the money we're going to spend on food this month, and, and we have to make it last. Here's what we have for gas. Here's what I have for, you know, extra school supplies. I mean, it was very organized, and and he always tried to save no matter what. And one of the ways he saved was he looked at things in his monthly budget that he had flexibility with. And so, for example, groceries, you know, he had flexibility with that. It wasn't set in stone like a mortgage, so he used coupons. He went to day-old. We bought our bread at day-old stores. I mean, we we never felt like we were living without anything. We always had what we needed, but we always grew up knowing that it was cash in our hand. And I find that if we could develop this relationship with cash, if we actually carried it and spent that, used the envelope system, I think mm-hmm. I think it would really help us in becoming more conscious of our spending. Um, so I, I just found that interesting. And, and one other cute little story to that, and this is what motivated me to write this my the book that it's in the beginning stages, but I, I'm excited about it, is um, my husband and I were at my parents' house and we were talking about how much money my dad made, you know, when he his first job in 1942, I think he said. And he, he told us exactly what he was earning and he said, I'll show you. And my dad pulled out this little leather binder that he had a log from 1942 until he retired in 2002. And on each line of the, the paper in this little hand journal, leather journal, was how much he made, how much he paid in taxes, and how much he took home. Mm-hmm. For, for all those years, he knew he was aware of his money because he had to be. So I sat there, and Tom and I laughed, and we were like, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, Dad, what did you make in the, the, day, the week I was born, May 11, 1963? He looked, he goes, oh, that, that, that week I took home 167 and 47 cents. Wow. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I relate to that, you know, because I went, right, we went into such financial chaos after, and used credit when we yeah. were recovering. And so yeah. it was, I really went underwater with credit card debt. It was not a yep. pretty picture at all. Um, and, then, and, and we were also between shows. Uh, I wasn't working at the time, so I had huge credit card bills and no money to really stretch and make it work. So mm-hmm. when I finally got my head together and started to have little bits of money coming in again, what I noticed was that I could see it, I could count it, I could plan and prioritize, just like your dad did, about how I would spend it more, most efficiently. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, it was what people would call a budget. But I didn't have the little leather notebook. I put it on a spreadsheet in my computer. And okay. I could I could put out what was my, you know, what did I, what tiny little amounts did I bring in and where were they most important to spend? You know, was it on putting mm-hmm. gas in the car and groceries and then covering those bills and, you know, all the, the side things could go to the side. And that was 
that was my budget and I could increase it as I increased my income. But yeah. when you talk, how do you prioritize what goes into your budget? Yeah, I mean, that is tough. And, and you know, I want to say I've been there too. You know, I've had financial I've climbed out of financial disasters in my own life, you know, um, and, and so I, I have that empathy. I know how hard it is like a monkey on your back, and mm-hmm. it's tough to prioritize. Um, and, and, and there is, a, and I also want to just say something you mentioned and is, is about credit. I mean, there is, credit serves a beautiful purpose in life, and that is when credit in like your situation where it was like a bridge, you know, it helped you from one time to another. It's when we live on credit and we overspend on credit and credit becomes our way of life that that's when it's a problem. But it can be very helpful when we're in these situations. And the best way to prioritize is, you know, obviously, you know, we have to put food on the table. We have to have a roof over our heads. Um, and I think the, the best way to prioritize is, is to have it, okay, what 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 are the must-haves? What do I have to have? What do I need to survive? And what is it that I want? And I think if we put everything out on paper, what are we spending money on? And you look and say, okay, what is set in stone? And where do I have flexibility? You know, do I do I have? If, if it means cutting, you, you know, your your utilities by by doing different things around the house or implementing things to save energy do it if it means shopping you know grocery shopping is one of the areas we have to have food but we have a lot of flexibility with that a lot of flexibility i mean you know you get those circulars that you see what's on ad build your menu around that you know stock up when the things you use are on sale use coupons my god it's like free money um you know, to, to be strategic, like getting control, putting our head in the sand isn't, isn't the way to go, but prioritizing by what you have to pay, and then you look at it and go, how can I save pain on that? And, you know, if you are in debt um, and you're not able to pay, rather than, again, putting your head in the sand, call the creditors, call the utilities company. Here's the other thing a lot of people don't realize. There's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of resources, for example, um, locally where our, our gas and electric company, where I live, you know, they have a program, I think it's called CARE Program, where you call them, they work with you if you are going through a struggle, a tough time, they give you a discount. Um, if someone in the home is battling a, uh, some type of a, a disease where they need the heat on or something and there's a medical reason, call, call your utility companies. I mean, there's, there's a lot of resources for people that are out there, but we just don't know about it. I mean, the Internet's your best friend. Google it. Find out what government agencies or independent agencies are there to help you. Um, But I think it's really knowledge is power. And sometimes when we actually look at it, it it's not as bleak as we think it is. And that's that's a lot of it, isn't it? How we look at it, you know, Mm -hmm. that overwhelms us rather than Mm -hmm. turning to the positive and saying, okay, there is a solution out there. Where can I find it? Bingo. Yeah. So you are, I mean, how do you stay on budget? Uh, Discipline, relationship (laughs) with cash. If you're spending with cash as much as you possibly can, you will, it is much easier to stay on budget. Um, If you're, and, and, you know, if when you're doing your shopping or your grocery shopping, if you're doing it all with cash, it can help you. Um, Staying on budget is, is, living not beyond your means, which is very easy. I've done it. It's very easy to just go beyond your means. And it's just 
you know, kind of doing that mind shift, you know, make it, okay, I can't have it now, but I'll have it at one point. You know, I need to get from A to B before I can get all the way down to this item that I want at, at T, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's just having a plan. But staying, you, you mentioned about the mindset positive, and it's tough. You know, I, I it's easy to say it's tough to do. Um, it's tough to have a positive when you have that gnawing feeling in your stomach. But, you know, there's... Um, I think it's called Spenders Anonymous, or there's a group. I I know of someone, a friend of mine, that went through um, debt, Debtors Anonymous, I think, or Debt Anonymous, something like that, and it 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 helped her all the way through. It's like Alcoholic Anonymous. Anonymous. I mean, it was a program that worked with her and got her all the way to the other side. Um, and so, you, you know, taking advantage of those resources and being around like minds that are going through the same thing and you share information is really helpful. It's really helpful. Now, we talk a little bit here. You know, we're talking about credit and how we use it positively, and then it, suddenly we, we forget it. We don't monitor it. It gets ahead of us. What do, we, what do you do to wean yourself off it and then eliminate it? I mean, you mentioned re- negotiating with lenders. Um, mm-hmm. And you talk, uh, but do you have a, is there a better way to pay them off faster? Or do you go into your savings and pay your credit cards first? Or do you go into your IRA account and pull from that in order to pay off your debt? Uh -uh. Yeah, Um, that's a good question. I I definitely, anything that you have in your IRAs or your 401ks, I mean, that's like last resort. You don't want to touch that unless unless you really have to. Um, There's an organization, the Consumer Credit Counseling Service. They're uh, a national organization. They actually have an office beta out of San Francisco that anywhere in the country can call. And they have counselors that work with you to get, it's a nonprofit, to get you set up, to help you work with your creditors, to bring down your interest rates, um, to put you on a plan. Uh, So I, I, I think that that's, that's just a big part of this whole thing is, is you know, you, you have to figure out a plan that best works for you without trying to dig into, you know, your, your retirement because, you know, you don't want to go 20 years from now and then you don't have your retirement. Um, and I think that if you're able to get, like, the, they have these credit cards where it's 0% or transferred balances over, I mean, I do think those are good if it can help you in the short term. Um, to, to consolidate onto one credit card and then pay that off. Uh, you, you know, the, the thing is what people don't realize is if they make the minimum payment, it's good because, yes, it will keep your credit score fine because you're showing that you're paying your credit cards on time, but it's going to take you a lifetime. So even if you put $20 more, if you double it, it will cut the time in half sometimes by 75%. So even adding a little bit more. So people say to me, and I hear this a lot, okay, great, Jeanette, that's great in theory, but when you're living paycheck to paycheck, where do you find that little bit more? Well, you find that little bit more, if you can, in your monthly budget in the areas that I was mentioning prior to you know a little bit ago about th- that you have flexibility, your groceries, your entertainment. Even if you could save, uh, you know, there's apps that help you find the least expensive gas in your in your neighborhood. If you're saving a dollar twenty-five, you know, off when you fill up a tank, or two dollars, still it's two dollars. You know, I mean, I think we have to put that value, and that two dollars going on that credit card is is going to make a difference. It will make a difference, 
And, um, and then you leave your credit cards at home. You just leave them at home. You don't have them with you. That help. I mean, that's that's probably the hardest thing people do. They they bring a stack with them just in case. Mm-hmm. Just in so case. Yeah, just in yeah. case. We, I mean, we need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, the bottom line is what you want to figure out is: Do you really need that that dress? And if you buy that dress because it's on sale for thirty dollars from a hundred dollars, but you're putting it on your credit card, it's still going to end up costing you a hundred dollars because unless you could pay it off before the you know, the next credit card statement, you're, you're going to be paying your interest. So it's, it's the first priority, I think, is to try to get control over credit cards. And the best way to do it is to not use them. Now, that said, if you're going through a rough patch, and we've all been there, I've been there, credit cards can help you. And if you need them for the crutch, you need them for the crutch, the bridge, to get you to the next place. But Try to be as conservative as possible and have a plan to just make sure, if if nothing else, you make those credit card minimum payments on time. And on time is important because then you get yeah. finance charges and everything else that compound as well. So yeah, um, yeah. I've. Do you have a? I mean, if you had to place a priority between getting out of debt, preserving what you have now that you've served, you know gathered in the, everything that you could possibly carry with you from a disaster or saving, which one would you make more important? I think if it's possible to, like if, if you had if you had $100 extra a month and you had credit card debt and you had no savings, I, me personally, I think it's good to save at least 25% and, and put 75% down onto the debt. I think it's important to get debt done as quickly as possible, but I think you have to set money aside uh, when there, also. I think that that's it's almost as important. But the debt uh, will, will kill you financially. There's no doubt about that, that credit card debt. So those are the two, the two that I see as, as definitely the most important. And you want to preserve what you have and you want to you know, maintain a, a, you know, a lifestyle of, of being able to pay your bills and things. But I definitely feel like the bulk, if you're in credit card debt, should be going to credit cards because mm-hmm. the interest that they're charging these days, the fees, the penalties. But here's the problem. Statistically, even when we pay off our credit card debt, most people recharge it back up. So you have to really make a conscious decision. I'm going to pay this off and I'm going to change. And really it's go to a support group. These, these debtors anonymous or, you know, or these groups, the credit counseling services that are nonprofits, they help you. They really, really help you. Because you have to make correct. the mind shift. Mm-hmm. It is. It's all part of a mind shift about, yeah. A, our relationship with money and our the way we the way we use artificial money because mm-hmm. that's what plastic really is for us it's, uh, yeah absolutely it is right uh, so am i correct that the one of the best ways to start improving uh in our situations is to take a financial picture of ourselves you know take an inventory of an asset of our assets what we own the money we have stocks and bonds collectibles anything that we may have that has value as well as any of our liabilities where we owe money, you know, whether it's credit cards or our mortgages or any kind of, you know, student loans, whatever those are, so that we know where we really are in a very honest way. Yes. 
knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And, you know, to this day, this is so funny, I, for 25 years, have kept, like my dad, a journal. I mean, I have it on a, in a, a binder. I don't have software on it. it. It couldn't be more simple. I have what I have coming in, and I have what I have going out each month, and then I have on a separate little section, I have what, you know, assets, like, you know, my house or this, and I, I, I do that part of it every quarter. I look to see, okay, what's my 401k, where is it at? But it is literally pen and paper. That's how my mind works. For, that's how I was raised. It's, I, I have this mind connection to it, and for me, I write it out, and I, but whatever program works for you, if it's a computer, what have you, software, just it, it, you have to know, right? You have to know. And, I mean, you've got to take into account, like, if you're getting your hair cut every two months or your hair colored or whatever it might be, you know, everything you're spending money on, you've got to bring it into that financial picture. You've got to have that in your inventory. And then once we have it on paper, we want to have a plan. We want to develop a plan for how we're going to get from where we find ourselves, whether it's good or bad, and where we'd like it to be. Um, you mentioned Debtors Anonymous. You mentioned the mm-hmm. consumer organization up in San Francisco. Yes. Are there other people who can help us with that plan? Um, those are the two that I really like, it's the, and I just looked online. It, it is Debtors Anonymous. You're correct. Thank you. And um, also it's the uh, uh, Consumer Credit Counseling Service of San Francisco. They're based out of there, but they help you anywhere. Those are the two that I, I really like. Um, they're the two that I feel um, really kind of teach you and help you shift your mind, uh, which is a big part of it. They just don't help you get out of debt. They, they offer classes. They help you. Uh, but, you know, you can empower yourself. Uh, go to a community. You know, you always get these things in, the, in, in your mailbox about, like, community programs that are going on or classes at the, the rec centers and stuff. And there's a lot of, you know, classes that can help people. So you can empower yourself. But I really feel like those two are national and they, they're, they're throughout everyone's communities. And I, I do like those two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're going to start to run out of time here. And, I, and uh, so I, I wanted to find out where's the best place for people to go to learn more about your insights onto money. Well, I, um, as you mentioned, I at the uh, for Hallmark Home and Family, I do weekly segments, and it's all about money. And you could find uh, at the Hallmark Home and Family website, you know, you could find my segments, and then I always put resources. Um, following me on Twitter every day, I tweet out little things, and that's at Jeanette Pavini. And also, if um, if you you know. Uh, fan, I have a, a Facebook page, Jeanette Pavini, and I always put tips and resources. I mean, I'm very passionate about practical, simple tips. Um, and then I, I have a blog, which is at coupons.com, and it's called The Good Stuff. And it is The Good Stuff because I try to give you all the good stuff that can make your life easy. And, you know, one thing I do want to say, Susan, just mm-hmm. very quickly, is that not to beat ourselves up. Like, we've all been there. I've been there. You've mentioned, you know, after the landslide, like, it, this is part of life, and I know it's tough, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and really just taking your head out of the sand and, and taking that financial picture and having a plan and taking advantage of resources, it, it will change your life. That's a good point. Change your life. <laughs> Take your, yeah. your mind out of the sand. There you go. 
Jenna, yeah. I normally have a little exercise that I ask people to do at the at the close of each one of these episodes. And this week I've chosen or, or want to make three suggestions. First, that they take that sna- snapshot of their financial situation and then follow up on some of your suggestions to start making positive improvements. Mm-hmm. That they stash some cash. And I don't mean this like that emergency fund that people always recommend that we have, you know, what is it, three, six months, a year's worth of money in the bank. Mm-hmm. But real hard cold cash in small dollar bills, you know, to have available for immediate expenses when you don't have electric power so the ATM won't work and you mm-hmm. have to leave home and you need something stashed in your pockets, you know, to just get by while you get from point A to point B. Oh, and yeah. three, you know, that you uh, – there's there's this little – site I found uh, called, that's uh, operated by FEMA, and mm-hmm. it's, it's an emergency financial first aid kit. Uh, oh, neat. It's, yeah, it's at ready.gov forward slash financial preparedness or at operationhope.org, and it's a place to record or safeguard important information and records that you would need to find in order to rebuild your financial uh, house in the wake of a disaster. And so it's free, it's downloadable, and you can, you know, you can, you're, if you, if God forbid, you know, you're pass, someone passes away, it's good for um, their spouse or their trustees to go in and look at the financial picture too. So um, no time like the present to start planning for the unexpected. Right. Absolutely. That's a great resource. You, so you thank taught you me so something, much. Susan. I didn't no, know about that. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I'm <laughs> doing a story next week on that. <laughs> Are you? Okay. See? For, there you go. Serendipity. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me here today. There's there's so much good information in what you, you shared with us. Remember, success is the continual act of deciding to take actions that move you toward the creation of what you desire. You can choose rainbows over ruins. You can move from disaster to prosperity. Until the next time, thanks for joining me on your journey to rebuild your life. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shireko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.